Hey there, Sister Catherine here at Touching the Sunrise podcast, and I'm with Jeanette today for another conversation on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hi there, Sister, and greetings to everybody listening in. Today we're going to be looking at the virtue, the gift, actually, of knowledge. And that's an interesting point, the difference between virtues and gifts. And Jeanette, you touched on that last week. Virtues or habits are things that we can acquire, things that we can practice and get better at. If we practice being strong in difficult situations, we might end up having the virtue of courage or being gentle in certain situations. We may end up having the virtue of meekness. There's something that we can do on our own power. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural. They transcend the ordinary powers of the soul. And there's this lovely uh, little um, image, I think, that helps us see that. When a harpist is playing music, the melody um, is actually coming from the harp. But it's the musician who's playing the harp who's making the music. So the gift of the Holy Spirit really comes from the Holy Spirit as the one who's doing the inspiring, doing the moving, doing the the strengthening. Um, And we, just like that harp, we're, we're just saying yes to what God is doing. We're seconding the divine action, but we can't take the initiative for a gift. So now we're going to launch today into the gift of knowledge. Thanks, sister. The the reality is, and we all know this, that there are probably as many, if not more, opinions in the world as there are people in the world. And especially when it comes to matters of religion, everybody's got their own idea about how to interpret the word of God and the liturgy and, and so on. And even in the church, what we can hear is that there are voices of dissension. There are voices of confusion. Um, Most of the church's earliest councils had to do with deciding what is the truth because so many factions and heresies were breaking off. So this is not new to us to have these voices that would want to pull us away from God's truth. And of course, the big question would be, how can we know what it is we need to believe, and how can we assess all the information that's coming into us according to our faith. And so one grace that God gives us to enable us to make a complete and penetrating agreement to the truth of faith is today's gift from the Holy Spirit, which is the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge is a perfection of the human mind that disposes us to follow the impulses of the Holy Spirit when we judge human or created things in relation to God. So it's through the gift of knowledge that the Holy Spirit guides our judgment so that we can recognize created things, especially things like human thoughts and words and inclinations and circumstances, things that people do, things that we do, and look at these, at these things, these created things, in the light of our faith. That's a really important point, Jeanette. I remember recently I was sitting uh, at a breakfast in California 
with a friend of mine. And there was just so much anger raging in my heart because this precious friend, um, she was sharing something that she had been told by a teacher in religious education class when she was a child. And here she was 40 years later and daily struggling, painfully struggling. She was crippled with fears and anxieties about God's harsh judgment of her. And it went back to, to the way this teacher interpreted and explained the faith to her. So we can't expect a child to know how to, to make sense of, of people's right. interpretations of what the church teaches. It's impossible for them. So we can see how the gift of knowledge is such an important gift to beg if we are in any position of, of teaching, of, in, of ministering to other people. I have another friend's son who's, who's a very similar journey, but he's just beginning. Um, he has thoughts of suicide every day. Oh. And he's living with OCD and scrupulosity because the wisdom of, of a priest, in this case, in a confessional, really left him believing that he was going to go to hell. And I think back to my childhood, and I was so blessed to have a pastor in our parish. His name is Father Hammond, and he was older, he was wiser. He was just this everyday gentle presence among us in the school and in the confessional. And now, God bless him, he's gone to heaven many years ago, but he's still in my grateful thoughts, you know. So that, that ability, that gift, that grace to be able to sort through what we're hearing and, and have almost an intuitive perception of what is true. I remember being in another community and a couple, I was in the book center and about three or four women came in and they were saying they had been listening to a radio station and it predicted the three days of darkness and that they had to go into a Christian store and get candles. And I could see they were very worried, they had very worried faces. Um, there was a lot of fear in their requests, and I just looked at them, and I said, Jesus never said in the gospel to be afraid. In fact, he said, hey, my father has many rooms in his mansion. Where I'm going, you're going. I'm going to come back and bring you with me. It was a moment of joy. It was a promise of hope. So I don't know if this, this is really something... <laughs> that uh, is, is um, of the Holy Spirit, you know? And then I told them about the devotion to the divine mercy. And so then one woman turned to the other and she said, I have been really afraid lately. So they all left with the devotion to the divine mercy and in much more peace. And lastly, though, you know, we all have these experiences where people come to us. They may email us. A friend may come to us. They're asking us advice or they're telling us of a problem. Just the other night, I received an email from a mother who was asking for words of advice for her son. And it's a young man who had had a failed business venture, failed relationships, 
lots of his own regrets for how he had proceeded with his life. And he was sunk in depression. And she wanted to know, could I give her words of advice for him? Now, this is at the end of the day, like nine o'clock at night. And I just closed my computer. I just said, (laughs) what magic words can you give a mom in a situation like that? And I realized I didn't know them. I was inadequate of myself. I was insufficient, poor, unknowing. And, And isn't that the best way to be, to call down that gift of knowledge from the Holy Spirit? So I went to bed and slept on it. But what I really needed to do was to beg for that gift from the Holy Spirit. So earlier, sister, you were talking about habits and how um, we can attain the virtues through the habit of practicing something. But I do want to say that, in a sense, the gift of knowledge is a supernatural habit, um, not one that we can, we can bring up in ourselves, but it's infused by God through which our intellect, our human intellect, through the illuminating action of the Holy Spirit, not through ourselves, but through the action of the Holy Spirit, judges rightly concerning created things as ordained to the supernatural end. So it's, it's a gift that enables us to look at the minutiae of life, looking at all of, of God's creation and seeing how it's connected to the supernatural end, to God. And I do want to. I do want to underline that it is a habit. It doesn't come and go, as you probably know from trying to get your own good habits and maybe get rid of some bad habits. It takes a while for a habit to settle in, but once it's there, it can grow. It can be deeper and it can be wider. And grace builds on nature, so that as as we mature, as we gain experience. The gift can and actually does make use of all of our human qualities. Uh, It uses our intellect. It uses our emotions. It uses our empathy. And it uses our ability to to discern what is is true and what is not through the gift because we can't do it ourselves. It's not a matter of human or philosophical knowledge. It didn't come to us, fell, fell down from heaven in a glad bag, anything like that. It is not from natural reason. And you can't go to school to get it. I, I know that for myself because I kept going to school and kept going to school and kept hoping that I was going to get this wisdom. And it is a gift. It is not something you earn. But it's not totally unrelated to school and to human development. It's not, that's not its origin um, but it, it is a matter of growth in the same way that we become educated and grow. There are plenty of learned and humanly smart people who do not manifest the gift of knowledge. I think we can all agree to that. And it can be due to a lack of faith. It can be due to resistance that comes about because there's weaker faith or because of sin, because of the fall. But by the gift of knowledge, the human intellect can apprehend and judge creative things by a certain divine instinct. And again, this isn't something we can go out and figure out on our own. This is through the Holy Spirit that we have this gift. So as individuals, as people in the world, we don't have to proceed 
by this long reasoning. We don't have to apply the Socratic method. We don't have to figure it out ourselves. But we are judging rightly concerning all creative things by this kind of superior gift that gives an intuitive impulse. And I do say specifically created things because that's what essentially distinguishes knowledge from wisdom. And wisdom, which we'll talk about at the end of this program, uh, pertains to divine rather than created things. But again, I, I know that last week I talked about how um, things are incremental. And while God himself, his knowledge is what we might call sheer and simple, it's instantaneous, it's perfect. Unlike that, we depend on a process of reasoning and logical progress. There's a reason why God gave us brains, so we could use them. And we naturally need examples and arguments and diagrams and evidence and illustrations and instruction and many, many, many other things that help us to ever know anything with certainty. And of course, even given all of that, we still can make mistakes. But God, on the other hand, judges the truth of all things by a simple and utterly infallible insight. And shockingly enough, he wants to impart a share of that capacity to us, which is truly amazing that he's not a, a jealous God who keeps all of that to himself, but because he loves us so much and wants us to, to understand and to know, gives us this gift of knowledge. Through this gift, the Holy Spirit blesses us with the ability to know and judge in an enhanced way that resembles to some extent, not wholly, of course, but partly the perfect knowledge of God. The believer in whom the gift of knowledge is active will recognize when he or she is confronted with facts and ideas and circumstances or indeed any created being, what is in harmony with the truth of faith and what is not. This gift operates then as a kind of supernatural instinct for discerning the authentic and the inauthentic in all that pertains to God and to our salvation. The gift of knowledge is what keeps the saints, those who truly love God, from falling into errors in confusion in faith and morals. You know, as I'm thinking back about that story of the um, women and the three days of darkness, I'm realizing it, that it is truly the gift of knowledge that gives us a supernatural good sense, you could say, mm -hmm. to keep our feet out of those snares. So, so it's a gift of knowledge that helps us pass a right judgment about created things, but so as to purify and to perfect our relationship with God. It's not just to be super smart, but it's to be super united to God, super trusting of God as a beloved father. So things on this earth, things that we have, material things, they can never give us that spiritual delight that the gift of knowledge can give us. And the created things can give us a profound delight only when we enjoy them in their relationship to the divine good. Right. So there's a very typical story of the fathers of the church. And it, it, it's a very simple example of the apple. I can look at an apple, be given an apple, pick an apple from a tree and say, oh, 
I can't wait. It's going to be so good. This is going to be a really juicy apple. It's my favorite type of apple. I love apples. I'm going to just love eating this apple. So you're using a created thing in, in a, a way that's not really related to the divine good. It's related to what's going to make me happy, to my pleasure. But if I instead, I look at that apple and say, God created all creation and he gave me this apple right now. How sweet is this apple and how much more sweet is God and his love for me? So that I take everything created and it becomes like a diving board or a launching pad to launch me further into this space where I can connect with and be united to God. So in a special way, the Spirit's gift of knowledge helps us to come to this right judgment about created things. It, it helps make us aware of the deadly loss that created things may occasion when we stake our happiness on them. And it helps us to maintain a right and holy relation between God's uncreated goodness and the things of creation that really are designed to lead us to the divine goodness. So it gives us this sense of balance, proportion, and judgment. We started out, um, Jeanette, our whole conversation around the gift of knowledge, talking about the, the important place that teachers and confessors, ministers, preachers, spiritual directors, superiors, parents even have um, in the lives of the people that they influence and how the gift of knowledge can give them that supernatural wisdom that by which they can really be a channel of God's, um, of God's gifts to someone else. And I'd like to share here, um, as you're talking about the saints, the story of St. Catherine of Siena. Um, she, it's, the story is told that on one of her journeys um, throughout Italy, she stopped in a monastery and the abbot asked her if she would like to address the community. And so, of course, she said yes, and she just walked in impromptu, spoke for an hour or so, and then um, left. But before she left, the abbot said to one of her companions that if he had told her about the state of soul of every single monk, in that community, she could not have given a, a more perfect um, conference that directly addressed the needs of every single person and their struggles in that community. So it was a gift of knowledge that inspired her without her even realizing it, giving her words that perfectly matched the needs of each soul before her. So even writers, podcasts, in the music communication, every time you get on social media and share a quote, all of those are, are spaces in which unknowingly the Holy Spirit's gift of knowledge could be using us to benefit and bless another person. That's such a beautiful story of her, and it's so true that, that you find... Um, in the oddest moments that something that, that 
someone has shared with you or that you've shared with someone is so perfectly apropos for what they're going through. And that is surely um, the fruit of the gift of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit and the gift of knowledge. So I want to go on and be practical again and give you folks two ways that you can prepare the ground, so to speak, for the activation by the Spirit of the gift of knowledge. And the first one is pause a bit before responding. We are all um, products of our current world, which is about email and texting and everything immediate. Um, if you don't answer within 30 seconds, then something is wrong. Um, we, and, and, and we become reflexive. I do it. I know I do it all the time. When an email comes in, I feel like I should hit reply right away. But if we stop, if we stop and think and pray, then we're much less likely to be hearing our own voice and much more likely to be hearing God's. St. Francis de Sales bowed his head in a conversation for a few moments of silence before responding, begging the Holy Spirit to replace his thoughts with divine thoughts. And that would be such a great practice for all of us to just stop, pause, speak to the Holy Spirit, Ask the Holy Spirit to replace your thoughts with divine thoughts, your understanding of the situation or person with the wisdom of God who loves and cares for them. And if you're receiving another's counsel or even reading it in a book or hearing it in a sermon or a podcast, pause long enough to ask the Spirit to guide you in listening so that you take in what is meant for you and let go of what is not. Don't be afraid, especially when receiving advice that upsets you or goes counter to the gospel, to get a second opinion. And that is so right, Sister, when it goes back to your earlier examples of people who have been hurt by not getting that second opinion and hearing the, the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And then number two is to cultivate a simple glance that raises itself to God whenever it looks upon created things. Let nature, people, events always cause you to raise your heart in prayer, gratitude, petition, and praise. So both of these things, to, to pause before you respond to something and to ask for um, the gift of knowledge, and then to just take that gift and raise it up to God in, in praise and petition and prayer are just, are just so, such wonderful ways of as you say, activating or incorporating this gift into our lives. The Spirit's gift of knowledge is what enables us to evaluate the things of this earth in relation to God. Knowledge reveals to us the insignificance, the emptiness of created things, and helps us to see and use them only as means to our ultimate goal of heaven and not as goals in themselves. The gift of knowledge helps us to prioritize our life's values and to put first things first. I just want to share a part of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians when he writes that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation by which you will come to a knowledge of him. May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened so you will come to know what the hope is 
to which he calls you. Thank you. And, and let us pray to the Holy Spirit for this gift of knowledge for our own lives. Come, Spirit of knowledge, grant that I may always see the things of this earth as a means to serve God and my neighbor. Show me how to glorify God in every circumstance of my life and to cherish the friendship of God beyond all else in hope of the eternal reward you promise to those who are faithful. Amen. Amen. The old adage is, you are the friends you keep. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to join the Touching the Sunrise Heartware community, an intentional group of pilgrims on the way to our eternal homeland, where our citizenship already is in heaven. It is a place where you can ask your hard questions and walk with ever-growing strength in this veil of tears, with a bit of heaven in our hearts. We are all pilgrims on the way, but we don't need to walk alone. So if you have a hard question, I invite you to share it at pauline.org slash hard questions. I'll be posting answers to these questions every other week. Sometimes a shift in the way we're thinking comes about with just a word or an idea that's spirit-inspired just for you. Other times, someone else's question sparks an insight of your own. It's all good. The spirit knows the best way to reach each one of us. As always, you can find more support along the way at touchingthesunrise.com. You can find my group on Facebook, sign up for my letter, Touching the Sunrise, or participate in the Heartwork community there. So I hope I see you around. May the spirit who has been poured out upon you flood your spirit with a new and radiant dawn. God bless.